0: Look, we may not be at weekly highs, but we definitely should celebrate the week that we've just had. It was definitely the first week of the bull market where we can clearly say that we're in a raging bull market. And I think we're in the beginning of a bull market, but what's going to happen now is I think we're only about 25% of the way into the bull market and the rest of this bull market goes up really, really, really fast. We've had the tame part of the bull market and the rest of the bull market goes up very fast. Now, a lot of questions. How high will we go? How long will this bull market run? What are going to be the the top three, four, five coins that are going to perform in this bull market? That is what we're going to be discussing today. Today, I've got a massive, massive banter for you. I've got a big friend of the channel here joining us. got Raoul Paul joining us. We're going to talk about everything to do with this raging bull market. Today is going to be a massive, Massive, I'm going to say it again, massive show. So let's go, let's do this. As I said, we're not at the weekly highs, but we've had an amazing week. And if I would have told you that Solana would be in the 40s or late 30s, at the end of the week, you would have laughed at me. And if I would have told you that Bitcoin would be around 35000 or 34000 you would have laughed at me. Yet here we are and we should be celebrating. We should be celebrating the month that we've had. We should be celebrating the week that we've had. But most of all, we should be celebrating the fact that, guys, we are finally, after 770 days, we are finally in the raging bull market. And today we're going to talk only about one thing. We're only talking about the raging bull market, how long it'll last, how how big it's going to be, how much money we're going to make, how high Solana is going to go. And I think Raoul Paul's got an amazing Solana prediction. And I wonder if it's anything similar uh, to, to my prediction. But before we get into the the main show, first of all, if you're not a subscriber to this channel, what are you waiting for? Subscribe. So I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm waiting. Subscribe. And if you are subscribed, just smash the like button, uh, especially if you like what we're saying here today. Smash that like button, obliterate it. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show. Um, Actually, in fact, one more little announcement. If you haven't already voted in our winner Bitcoin competition, go and vote, go and vote. So uh, if you wanna win a Bitcoin, it's so simple, it's so simple. All you need to do is open a crypto banter account at any of our exchanges using any of our referral links, Ryan, Mal, Annie, Sheldon, any referral link that you want, even our school, and if you don't have an account, use the use these links over here to, to, get, it, to get the account. Um, uh, uh, you can get huge sign-up bonuses, $30,000 on buy, but that's obviously the the, the the main exchange that I trade on, $8,000 in BitGet, OKX, CoinW if you're living in the States, uh, BitGet if you're living in Canada. And then every account allows you for five votes, right? And you can only make one vote a week. So you better start get there and start voting to get five chances to win one full bitcoin no one in the world's going to give you the opportunity to win one full bitcoin so easily anyway with that said all right let's get real up onto the stage Rel, how are you my friend you're starting to feel like a bull market out there huh it is i'm back in little Cayman. that was bull market backdrop so yeah it does oh, that is the that is a true story that is the bull market backdrop and we, we're back there again i remember that the pool table and the, and the bar real bull market stuff but this week was like a week where For the first time, I actually felt, you know what? We're back in that raging bull market territory, right? Yeah. And, you know, as as you and I have
1: talked about, I still think it's crypto spring. We're not yet in summer, but you're just getting the the later stages of spring where you start to have a few nice days in a row and it starts to feel good. And you start to think about, you know, having drinks outside in the pub and, uh, you know, doing things in the sun. So that's, that's with that point. It usually really doesn't get going. This is usually the prequel, it usually doesn't get going till summer of next year, which is that kind of halving year. That's when it That's when it, it goes like this almost every day for 18 months. Exactly. So I wanted to show
0: you. once to come in and go, oh my God, is that up that much? You know, it was good. I, I must say, I, I, so the first thing is I read this quote, which says an entire Bitcoin bear market is behind us and an entire Bitcoin bull market is ahead of us. And I just think that that is so like where we're at. But the same account, it's an account called Rec Capital, he says he believes that we're 26.5% into the bull market, yeah. which means that there's 75% odd left of this bull market. I mean, if you look at his, at his drawings, the first 76.5% is actually quite, quite slow relative to the later stages of the bull market. That's right. I mean, is this... If I were to ask you how far into the bull market you believe we are is this, is this a fair like representation? This it exactly matches the business cycle framework that I've been using the halving cycle
1: framework. I've been more erring towards a repeat of something like 2015 without that red herring of of 2019. So I I think you know we're at the stage where we're just kind of breaking out then we're likely to finish the year strong and then sideways for a while sideways to down for a bit before it really gets going so it's somewhere between the 2019
0: and the 2015 16 cycle and what do you think happened this week like wh- why this week all of a sudden did we get this wake up did something change did liquidity change did policies change? changed did what was it that i mean is there anything or was it just we just yeah and that's it it seems that <coughs> There was some story that BlackRock had already
1: bought some, you know, buffer so they can sell ETF when it comes out. But I don't think that's a lot, but there's clearly new capital come into the space. We saw it with uh, uh, CoinShares, a few others starting to report inflows of capital. So that's new money going into the economy. And obviously a bunch of board degens turn it into a lot of price rises. But then we had the other story that ignited. So Bitcoin had been strong anyway because of the ETF. ETH has been kind of, it was okay, but it's been pretty sideways for a while. The thing that really started igniting was both DeFi stuff. They came out of nowhere really rallying, and that's often
0: early season stuff. And the other was obviously Solana. Yeah, well, so the DeFi you can see if I look at the at the gains this week, you can see Solana is obviously the biggest, but then you do see the the DeFi protocols. You see Aave, you see, you know, all that all that I saw some, I saw Uniswap had a run, there it is to 10.7% curve curve had a run. Um I want to talk a little bit about Solana. We will go into the macro and we'll talk about the macro. Um you were pretty bullish around Solana when we when we spoke last time. Um now we've had the DevCon. I don't know how much you how, how much you updated yourself around what happened at the DevCon. It was an amazing, amazing conference. Let me tell you, I'm actually still here in Amsterdam. Um, I'll tell you what I saw, and then maybe I'd love to hear your views. But for one, I saw that the community is absolutely, absolutely thriving. And I, I came up with a metric of um, brains per square foot at the conference. Brain power per square foot at the conference. And from a brain power per square foot at the conference, I don't think I've seen a conference like that since ETH DevCon in 2017, which is when you know the, the make, big make brains of the Ethereum community actually arrived there. There were no retail investors. There was no fluff. There was no one talking about price. They came out and they spoke about real announcements. So every single announcement was a real announcement. Google was a real announcement. Visa was a real announcement. Render was a real announcement. AWS was a real announcement. There was no... There was no announcement that you could drill holes into. At the same time, they also came out with network upgrade announcements, which, you know, the the biggest, one of them was FireDancer, which is going to give them up to a million transactions per second. Everyone thinks that that's where it stops, but that's not where it stops. It takes it one step further because it's the, FireDancer is the last step in making Solana decentralized. Right now there's only one Solana validator client, which is the Solana validator client that Solana wrote. Uh, Now there's going to be a second one, which means that it's, you know, the first time that you've got a a second validator client that can't be updated by the foundation, which means that it's really, really, really a, uh, a decentralized protocol now that can do 1 million transactions per second on the main net without having to go into layer twos. So I'm leaving here, I'm leaving Amsterdam tomorrow, and I'm leaving here extremely bullish about Solana, extremely, extremely bullish. The way I see it, if there's any protocol that is going to get that one consumer mass adoption pro- uh, 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 app, it's going to be Solana. It's not going to be an ETH layer two. That's how I'm leaving here. Uh, I know you weren't at the conference, but I'm keen to, to hear to hear your views. So you're
1: picking up exactly what my thesis has been. And that thesis has been growing for about a year and a bit about, I think, Solana's main thing is this consumer chain, because it can do a lot. Um, obviously, when it sold off last year, I was bought it all the way through, uh, and then I was, I started going down the fire dancer rabbit hole, and I'm like, okay, this is a game changer, because Jump Trading, who are building it, they have one constraint that they try and work to, which is speed of light. Because what they're trying to do is get their order in to the to the exchange and, and the prices out of the exchange as fast as possible ahead of all their competition. So there's that whole book, uh, Flash Boys, about this, where it's all about the size and the quality of your fiber optic cable and how close you are to the exchange. And then it's how fast your compute is. So they fully understand this. And they have built it to be fast enough for high-frequency trading. Okay. Now, to for people to understand what a million TPS means, Twitter is like 24,000 TPS. It's like WhatsApp is like 40,000 TPS. It's like, this is a order of magnitude. A, it's 20x what Solana does, which is already the fastest chain. So the applications that's going to come out of this are game-changing. And they've, it's kind of pushed apart the argument of the trilemma because it not only made it more secure but cheaper and faster. It's so, like, okay, that's interesting because that was not supposed to be solvable. It feels to me like we're solving some of the blockchain trilemma. On top of that, compressed NFTs. To be able to create a million NFTs for 100 bucks basically tells me that's ticketing, that's all sorts of stuff, receipts, anything. So you've created new business models that people don't understand exist yet.
0: I'm actually getting I'm actually getting something out on my phone, um, which which um, which I which I managed to take at the conference, and I actually think I want to read this out to you. So, if you want to mint uh, ten thousand NFTs on Solana, it'll cost you eighteen bucks. If you want to mint ten thousand NFTs in Ethereum, it'll cost you thirty thousand eight hundred and fifty five dollars. If you want to mint uh, ten thousand NFTs on Polygon, it will cost you fifty two dollars and nine cents. Okay, so. When you scale that up to 10 million on Solana it'll cost you $5,219 on Ethereum it'll cost you $51 million and on Polygon it'll cost you $52,087. So this is and this is before fire dancer by the way. This is before you, before you implement fire dancer. Just to give you an idea of of of, of the power of this network. And this is why Visa
1: are interested. This is why, you know, they're starting to have a lot of announcements because what they've built now is something truly extraordinary. And the price is truly extraordinary because nobody believed this. Exactly. so busy saying it's a FTX token, it's a SAM coin, it's going bust, there's no devs, it was all bullshit all the way through
0: yeah yeah look we, we were we were obviously buying we were encouraging the community to buy we were unpopular for buying i mean i showed the community the trades that we actually took i'm interested i mean let's have some fun and i'm not going to hold you to any price predictions but when i look at the market cap of eth i think the market cap of eth today and i'm i'm, I'm reminding you that, that i say today because let's look at, let's look at in, the, in the beginning of a cycle you know we can argue that this is probably the beginning of the altcoin cycle the market cap of eth is about 220 billion dollars the market cap of Solana is about $17 billion. So, you know, under the assumption that we're going into a bull market, let's have some fun. And just like, where do you think Solana can go in, in this cycle? Um, so how I've been thinking about it is looking at previous cycles, how
1: high above the previous high it goes. Okay. So, so if we look at, you know, if you look at, at well, if you're looking at Solana now, or you can look at Ethereum in the previous cycle. I think of Solana very much like Ethereum
0: in 2017. Okay, let's get that chart out. So that is that. That is Sol and Sol's going back. Let's go back. So that, that's ETH and let's go back to 2017. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's go on a weekly. It'll just make it quicker and easier. Yeah. So 2017 Okay, to $1,640. The starting point was obviously the ICO, which was at a, a couple of cents. I think That's seven right. cents on Um, It went to about $1,640. The next cycle, it went up to, I think, $5,400. $5,000. Yeah. So it was like a 3X above the all-time high. Yes.
1: So then what's the all-time high of Solana? It's about two hundred and two hundred seventy dollars Yeah. So you say, okay, a reasonable target
0: would be 3X the all-time high. Okay, so that would take Solana to $600, which is a 12X. Now, this is exactly my thesis. So l- l- hear me out chat. I think it's further than that
1: potentially, but who knows, right? Like, we've, all, we've all learned from the previous bull market not to give price targets
0: because people just want to beat you over the head with them. Yeah, I mean, we're just having some fun. I mean, just looking at some scenarios. For me, the way I looked at it, I said, look, what if, if Solana just gets to 80% of ETH, what ETH is now at the top of the cycle? And if that happens, the gets to call it a 180 million dollar market cap, which is about a, which is you know I think today it's at a 15, so it's a 10x. So what you're saying in terms of 600, I'm saying probably 500, 400, 500. So I think I think the, the numbers, the numbers are there, are thereabout. about.
1: Yeah, and um, you know obviously the numbers have changed dramatically because when I started looking at this, it was it was trading at 20, like 20. Yeah, we've already gone up. A lot since then. So these numbers keep halving every time you keep going up a lot. But you know, yeah. My 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 idea is somewhere between 500 and
0: a thousand. Okay. Just depending on what that market feels like. Okay. Um do you see a world, do you see the world like I see the world, I see like top of this cycle, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, and then everything else underneath it, the BNBs, the the XRPs, the You know, the only one, the only one that I don't know is what's going to happen with stable coins. But I think if we remove stable coins, I kind of see it as like Bitcoin in terms of Solana. I I actually do too. Um, which
1: obviously means we're going to be blindsided by something else. That's interesting that we didn't think of, you know, the Solana of this cycle. What is that going to be? I'm not good enough to pick those. You're better at picking the smaller stuff. I just, I'm, you know, with a macro bet like this, it's like so much easier because like, it's so fucking obvious um, you know, it survived a crisis. It launches, the tech goes massively improving. The community's good. The only on Solana narrative is very good. Tolly is one of the best thought leaders in the entire space. You're like, okay, this
0: is, it seems like the highest quality bet. You know, I did a show earlier this week, um, for my community. And you know, what I said is then, you, you have like 500 days to make life-changing money in crypto. And when I say 500 days, that takes you to the top of the next bull market. And I said, look, the secret is that what you're going to do is you're going to have a fully diversified portfolio. You're going to put the majority of your chips into the tokens that you think are very safe. And this was the last ETF that we actually made. It was Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, and we put uh, 50% of our money into Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana. But then we had a few that actually exploded, like Casper exploded. And the two hundred dollar investment became worth one hundred and one thousand dollars, and the Kujira a three hundred dollar investment became a ninety two thousand dollar investment. So you know, if you did that, your ten thousand dollars became worth four hundred thousand dollars, and that's I think the importance of placing some small bets on what do, the ones that you that you're pretty scared of. <laughs> yeah, but the other flip side of that, as I said, you're better at it than
1: me. Is I end up with the shrapnel of shame sitting in my wallet. That's fine. The things that I bought. And it is fine. It's like a VC. You don't know what's going what's gonna to fly, what's not. I just never had any of those fly. So I've just got a
0: bunch of shame sitting in various wallets. Okay. Now, I, look, we we have caught one or two of them, but I, I guess we do spend a lot of our time actually analyzing those coins. So I think that, that that's pretty, you know, we, we look deep in the, in the weeds. I think you take a, a much more macro approach. Yeah. And so I actually prefer to hyper concentrate
1: I'm like I know the better I want to take I think it's a really high quality risk
0: reward I'm just going to take that bet. and what is the bet now is the bet Bitcoin ETH Solana is the bet Bitcoin ETH Solana and maybe one or two more I'm just interested in in how your crypto it's actually laid it really it's really Solana and ETH
1: Solana and ETH yeah nothing else adds up to much it's just Solana and ETH Um, and of which Solana is the larger bet and interested to know why you didn't say Bitcoin. I haven't held much Bitcoin for, for a while because, you know, I, I look at this in terms of network effects and you know, my, my view is that more things are being built on Ethereum. It's a richer, deeper network, um, more use cases. And over time, I think the value of the Ethereum network will be more valuable than the Bitcoin network. Unless something changes now ordinals and stuff like that, maybe let's see. Uh, And so it's just from that thesis alone, um, that I haven't held much Bitcoin. I've just thought it'll underperform. Now it always outperforms in crypto spring. The least risk asset in that space always outperforms at first. Then what happens as spring turns into summer, you start getting outperformance of alts and particularly the large alts first, and then the smaller alts later. So. There's nothing unusual about what's going on. Also, very interesting to see the chart of Sol, um, of ETH Bitcoin, you know, kind of long-term weekly chart. It's been a very interesting, yeah, that, right? That, to me, is an incredibly interesting chart because I actually draw the wedge coming up from 2017 low to the 2020 lows.
0: Hold on, I think right, I think this is your chart, right? No, it's
1: this, this- not that one. This is the bigger one than that. So go back to your chart. Uh, Okay, there it is.
0: Okay, just draw a trend line from the 2017 low. 2017 low, so you want it from there? Yeah, okay. Let's draw that trend line over there. This is what I'm really interested in. Holy shit. this is
1: right, this is a fucking massive wedge pattern. Now, I put it on
0: a log chart, on the log scale. Okay, let me quickly quickly put it onto a log. Um, It is It is it is on log. It doesn't look. So, I mean, this is a big level for ETH. Yeah. And we're putting in the stuff that
1: I look at, DeMarc indicators, everything else. They're suggesting the low comes this week, next week, the week after. So, I'm thinking that the narrative around ETH is going to be wrong. It's going to catch people offside. People have basically, because there's been no new money in the space, so they've sold their ETH to buy Bitcoin. Okay. Because of the ETF, right? And this point in the cycle makes sense fine then what happens is the etf is announced what is everybody going to do after the bitcoin etf is announced the- buy ETH. they're
0: going to buy ETH because they, because 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 the sec can't actually decline an eth etf because they've approved an eth futures etf and if they did that would be capricious and what's the other word the fancy word that the judge used it would be capricious if if they did that right Exactly. So every trader
1: is going to switch their bet from Bitcoin to ETH and that changes the dynamic. Now, ETH has been kind of, as I said, struggling around a bit, but once it clears 1900, it gets really interesting. I think I put a chart yesterday on the ETH chart on on my um, Twitter feed.
0: Um, I know oh, you said it's a gorgeous chart. Is this, is this, is this yeah. the one? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me why it's such a gorgeous chart. I mean, you tweeted and you said, this is a gorgeous chart. So so
1: what we've got is, it's an Elliott wave chart and it's a a beautiful technical pattern of this lovely kind of flag. So Elliott wave, you tend to get five wave advances, ABC declines in a bull market. So you had this wave up one, it retraces all the way back down, doesn't make a new low. That's a wave two. Then you start on what is a wave three. Wave threes are the big dynamic waves. But within that breaks down to sub so this was wave one wave two was the correction and now if you break that you go into what's known in uh, the most exciting thing of elliott wave is a three of three that's where you get the double acceleration point what we've just seen in solana mm-hmm. feels like it's going to happen in ETH. particularly now everybody's teeth people have seen the solana move um let's say the bitcoin etf comes you break that trend line which is about 1900 and before you know it, you're on your way to two and a half thousand and beyond.
0: And and you think when that happens, ETH serves as a proxy for altcoins, or do you think the days of ETH serving as a proxy for altcoins are are now finished? Probably finished. <laughs> I think altcoins
1: have their own cycle. Um, if you remember back to last time around, it was DeFi that came to life first. Seeing that now, yes, I think that you know Solana, like the standout, like ETH last time around, that that comes up and everyone goes, okay, this is interesting. ETH should do really well, and then there'll be a lag before the real altcoin cycle starts. But that's Mm. coming soon as well. Even the wedge of altcoin market cap uh, on TradingView is breaking out of a perfect wedge.
0: What do you make of crypto's decorrelation from markets very recently? So, like, you know, actually, I traced back the date at which this happened. It happened on the 16th of October. So, on the 16th of October, Bitcoin decorrelated from markets and started to be a lot more correlated towards gold. So you can see you can see over here that it happened exactly, actually, it happened exactly, exactly, exactly on the 16th of October. So you know what else happened on the 16th of October? Larry Fink said that Bitcoin was a flight to, that crypto was a flight to safety. That happened on the 16th of October. Look, it may be coincidental. I'll give it that. It could have been coincidental. But from that day, we've had a decorrelation between Bitcoin and and the stock markets, and I was I was messing around with some charts, so I charted the Bitcoin price against the QQQ, which is this chart over here. That's Bitcoin against QQQ. Uh, I charted Bitcoin against the Nikkei, um, and it, you can see it's pretty much the same. Pretty much, you can see it's the same chart. So you've got you've got. What do you make of this decorrelation of Bitcoin from markets? I think it was. Around the time Larry
1: was saying what he said, the markets were starting to figure out that the real problem was this excess um, supply issuance of bonds and that inflation wasn't going up, but bond yields kept rising. And it was that moment that gold and crypto picked up very quickly is that the more bond yields go up, the more they started going up, that correlation changed. And that correlation was driven by the fact, I think, that the market knew if bond yields are going to go up like this, the Fed or the government or somebody's going to intervene. So you get closer to the cowbell, the stimulus, the somebody, somebody's going to do something. <clears throat> so I think that was a really big factor in it. And things started taking off. It's like, okay, if this bond market's going to get out of control, then you need to hide somewhere. And also, you know, the banks had started going down again as well, if you remember. Yeah, period. I think they started breaking down a bit. Let me see when that date was. Yeah, October 16th, like the banks had this little peak and then started dropping like a stone. And so, again, the market's job is to forecast the probability of stimulus or a flight to safety. And Bitcoin always does well out of it. So that's why I think started it off. And I think Larry's saying the same thing around the same time that the banks turned around, you know, Also adds fuel to the fire. I don't know if there was any economic data out that day, but there was probably something around that as well. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick pause and hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back.
0: So do you think the bond markets are broken? Do you think, I mean, like, like what's going on what, from a macro point of view? What's going on? What's going on is
1: interest rates are too damn high and they have to issue ongoing, um, bonds to cover the, the, the deficits, but they have to roll the bonds from last four years, from three years ago, four years ago in the, um, pandemic cycle from 1% interest rate to 5% interest rates, or five and a half. And the problem is to do that, you have to issue yet more bonds to pay for that. So we're just getting awash with issuance. And this has been my argument about the everything code, is that there is no way governments can issue bonds at 5% interest when you're 100% of GDP in debt, because there's not enough economic growth to cover it. So the central bank has to buy it. And what's happening is here we are pushing... The central bank to buy it now whether janet's doing that on purpose is like jay you're gonna to have to take this but i think there's a game being played is like okay we'll show the stress we'll create the stress we need to cut rates we can roll this debt at lower levels and if we can find the right excuse like a recession we can roll push it onto the fed balance sheet
0: i don't know if you still. i'm trying to find that clip uh, of stan dragon miller talking about uh janet yellen and- that's right about doing. In the past cycle, right, shared the
1: opportunity to issue 20-year debt, 30-year debt, 10-year debt. Yes, didn't. They did short-dated. And they've been doing this all the way through. And this is creating this economic cycle I've been talking about. So if you go back to 2008, everybody got the get-out-of-jail-free card of zero interest rates. So nobody had to pay interest on their debt. That was like a gift, right? Zero interest rates. Every government refunded at zero. But for some weird reason, they did it between three and five years. That three and five year debt cycle just keeps rolling over. It's exactly the Bitcoin halving cycle. It's exactly the economic cycle. It's exactly the US election cycle. They're all the same thing. It's this super cycle, this everything code. And we're into that point of the cycle now where the balance sheet should start rising to cover the debts from the previous cycle.
0: So, I saw something that you tweeted this week. I'm trying to find it here um, about liquidity and how much the markets like liquidity. Here it is. I've, I've got it here. Walk me through what's actually going on here. So, you're saying crypto loves liquidity and liquidity seems to be going up, if I'm reading this correct. And you right, so this is the year on year rate of change, right? So, this is
1: the idea that, okay, global M2 is now positive. And I've always said the moment liquidity goes up, above zero in its rate of change, then it's like taking the foot off a beach ball underwater. It kind of explodes higher because these assets want to trend higher. So first
0: off, why is M2 growing if the U.S. is absorbing, if the U.S. is taking M2 out of the economy, right? Or am I reading this wrong? Yeah, because Japan,
1: China, yeah, okay, other people involved in the M2 calculation, right? This is mm-hmm. global M2. So what's happened is global M2 is rising and it will continue to rise. We we do have a lot of forward-looking work at GMI. That's what got us very bullish and adding to all of our crypto bets back at the end of last year. It's because liquidity had started to rise. We're like, okay, this is interesting. So if you go down to the next chart, there it is. Uh, this is Bitcoin outperforming the NASDAQ versus yeah. global n2 right so at this point i call this the supermassive black hole you don't want to own anything except crypto at this point in the cycle because it starts outperforming everything so that becomes okay. always interesting let's go on to the next okay i'll take it take us into the next one there we go okay i'm giving you my whole heart chart lesson great. i love this i love this this is great and i'm sure everybody else is enjoying it so so this is the weekly global liquidity index which is um Five of the world's largest central banks, uh, global net liquidity. And what we're seeing is it's not quite at zero yet. Right, This is the big daddy of indicators. This is the thing that we get when we put just the outright uh, le- weekly liquidity index. We get a 97.5% correlation with the NASDAQ and 87% with, the, with Bitcoin. So this is the big daddy. It's not quite there, but it's almost at zero you know and once it starts getting to zero we kind of get into what we refer to as the banana zone when all assets go bananas okay next well I'm, I mean it's it's pretty close to zero i mean it's like very close key. and the next one will show you why so okay the, sorry the, yeah this is the one including the private sector that's now positive okay and then fed net liquidity that's just the us that's positive too Okay. And all of the forward-looking stuff suggests, oh, that's the other one, is if that trend line continues to break, banks are up strongly today because the yields have gone down again. If the banks break, then we know they're just going to hit the accelerator button to all of this stimulus.
0: Okay. Well, what is this BKX index? What is it actually showing and what is this breakdown showing? This is the banking index in the US. This is the mm-hmm. main banks.
1: So that's the uptrend since the 2008 crisis, the big banking crisis. And it's breaking that uptrend. So it's like, okay, the banks are broken here. Now, this is a long-term chart. This could take years to play out, or it could happen overnight. You just don't know. I mean, look how fast it happened in 2007 But this is the Larry Fink thing, right? Something is broken, and you need a safe haven. And I lived through exactly this in Europe in 2012, when we almost lost all of our banking system. And Cyprus, everyone had their money taken out of their accounts. That's when I discovered Bitcoin, because I realized you needed to have a way of holding assets outside that wasn't gold, which is not the easiest asset to move around.
0: Mm, okay, I see that. Okay, so shoot, so I mean, so I mean, do you think that the that the banks are broken now? Like, I mean, I know that they are broken because they've got long dated on their on their balance sheet. I think they're broken at a more bigger picture level. It's like
1: we we had excess debt, which created excess number of banks, excess use of bank balance sheets. As that process slowly unwinds, again, we've seen this in Europe, they've lost thousands of banks through consolidation or bankruptcy. And over time, the US banking system is going to continue, keep contracting. Now... You end up with giant banks that are being supported by the government. So they purposely made too big to fail banks. What does that mean? All the others can fail. We don't care. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. So okay. So that way, that way, you get control over all of the depositors in the system, because you haven't got some local bank manager in Ohio deciding who's going to lend. No, no. This is, you know, the machine that is J.P. Morgan deciding uh, and driven by the government.
0: And so, okay. So the banks, I hear you probably broken. I think that the chart that you showed, which I'm looking at here, I mean, probably shows that. Talk to me about the way you see stock markets, because you've been calling stock markets up, if I'm not mistaken, right? In yeah, I've general, been very bullish. You've been bullish stock markets. Stock markets haven't been performing very well, but I mean, that's, I mean, it, you know, they had they did have a very, very, very good performance if you look at them on a one year time frame or on a on a year to date time frame. But they have had some kind of correction. I'm assuming that you imagine that that correction is is going to reverse, that the, that the downtrend is going to reverse. I think it's done. I think we'll I think we'll end end this year at all time highs. In, you think yeah, We'll end this year at all time highs. So so on the S and P right now we are, um, fourteen percent off all time highs. I think mean, that's quite ambitious. Fourteen percent on the S and P in two months. Yeah, I think it's possible.
1: It's possible. The Nasdaq's the one I'm more focused on. I'm more focused on technology stocks
0: uh um, let, let's look at the let's look at the at the us tech which is the i'm, I'm looking at the tech 100 cfd and we just click right here second sorry i just i'm using i'm using a, a laptop and a makeshift screen today so um there it is and yeah i guess the nasdaq is about also about 15 under its all-time highs yeah now you know it doesn't get exactly to the new all-time highs but it's going to be there and thereabouts uh the end of the year that's my that's been my view for a while um and i take it if it's not end of year it just goes happens in january or in february or, or one of those
1: yeah no i look i think we're in a structural cyclical a structural cyclical bull market and a secular bull market in both technology and crypto that is going to be driven by liquidity that will not stop until probably end of 2025 into 2026 then we need to Remember this whole rate cycle again, we go down the other side of that slope. We do all of that game again, but that's what, you know, this is, this perfect cycle has been playing out since 2008. I don't see any reason it's not going to play out again this time.
0: Got it. Well, how many years of economics did you study? Like how many years of, of economics did you study in your life?
1: Well, well study at university, it was only three years,
0: but I've been doing this for 32 years. So you okay, so call it 35 years of, of, of economics. I've, I studied for six years. I studied three years of economics and I did a CFA, which kind of has three years of economics built into it. I saw this and I, I was hoping that you could maybe help me, um, explain the economics of this to me, because in the economics courses that I did over the six years, I didn't think that you can fight inflation with a 110 billion stimulus plan. Well, Europe did this too, right? So they did it last year which is
1: that the Bank of Japan are letting rates rise. They're letting the yen fall. And what they're trying to do here is offset the cost of higher interest rates and inflation on the public. Now, all it is, is cowbell. Forget the is it inflation, not inflation. We don't care. All I care about is there's $114 billion of stimulus to throw into those pictures that I gave you of liquidity.
0: That's what matters to us. But hold on. Is this not putting in more money to stop the effects that more money created? I don't believe the
1: inflation was created by money. If not, Japan will have had the highest inflation rate in the world. Japan has been doing quantitative easing, yield curve control, and fiscal stimulus since the mid-90s. Okay. Not yield curve control, but everything else since the mid-90s. It's the aging population and the massive debt that's a problem there. I think the it's just an equal and opposite reaction to the pandemic and the closing. I don't think I know there's a narrative around money. I don't think it's to do with the amount of money that got printed, which is why I actually concerned that inflation will undershoot everybody's targets because everyone's so fixated on inflation being sticky that I think there is a high probability that that's wrong
0: amazing listen on that note i think let's leave it at that just before i let you go though, uh, real vision you guys launched the new platform how's it going it, the new platform yeah, it looks amazing it feels amazing tell me a little bit about how it's going yeah it's going it's
1: fantastic actually you know people we've got a lot of bunch of new features coming out but you know everyone's got ai now that you can ask the ai to to tell you about the video you've been watching explain stuff take notes you clip all these notes you store your notes from watching content, your bookmarks, your content. You can ask the AI, any finance questions. We're just building out the token gating experience. So you can be either web three or subscription based. There's a tongue going on. one of the things we, we have done is, you know, as you and I've been talking, it's like, if we are ahead of it, if we are coming into this bull market, what we know is people lose their minds. Yes. They really move, lose their minds and people make all the mistakes you shouldn't make. Yes. And I really, really believe in the education to just particularly now, just when this is starting, get yourself the education. So we created the Real Vision Crypto Academy, which is fantastic. Ovi and Mando, I don't know if you know them from Guy and uh, other stuff. They're two ex-bank traders, credit traders who got into the crypto markets. They're both really talented, really nice guys. They got into the crypto markets. They created one of the largest NFT communities. They also made a fortune trading NFTs and, um, mean tokens, big, big crypto, everything. And they think of it in a, in a finance way. Like we were talking about the study of economics and markets. So they put together the course for us. I'm involved in it as well. It's brilliant. What and does it um, what, what does it cost? How do you get in? Well, there's a special discount for, for crypto banter, $350. You get the whole course and it's a lifetime membership. Uh, it's really cool. And it's, it's like, it's all videos and stuff like that. Um, so. If you go to realvision.com God, forward slash.com, there's a link There's the link below. Just click on the link below. Get, get, get into yeah, it. forward slash crypto banker banter. Realvision.com. Yeah. It's great. Honestly, it's the best three hundred and fifty dollars. If you're
0: gonna go through a bull market. I was waiting for you to say like thirty five hundred dollars or thirty four yeah. three hundred and fifty dollars a month. It's three hundred and fifty dollars once off payment. Once off payment. And you get
1: mm-hmm. come out the other yeah. side and go, Okay, I have an right. idea of how to trade this. And it it you know, it doesn't it's not like some sort of judgmental course. It's if you want to be a D gen, these guys tell you how to trade mean mean coins, how to think about it, how to size your positions. They tell you how to trade the larger crypto. They tell you about NFTs. So you've got the whole
0: picture. You can for be yourself, nobody's gonna judge you. For $350. For $350. Okay. <laughs> and guys, there's a little And it like- lives on the new Real Vision platform.
1: So you get to use all the platform with the pricing, charting, you know, all of these
0: trading view charts you've got, they're all on there. You've got your own portfolio you can put on there. The AI. Yeah. Come on, guys. And Guys, look, it's a $350 investment. If you're going to make money in this next bull market, just be educated. The education is what will save you the difference between life-changing money and not life-changing money. For 350 bucks, guys, link below. It's the top link. Smash it. Go and sign up. Raoul, my friend, it's been amazing chatting to you. I uh, love your point of view, always. Uh, Thank you, Ben. always great to I chat mean. we just need to chat in person at some point yeah well, we, we should do it but we didn't I was just it. About to say we should do it at, at, at small came and it looks so cool there it looks like it's such a cool place it's a beautiful place yeah, yeah. well thank you. thank you thank you my friend listen guys with that i will see you guys again when i get back to south africa and i'm back in the studio i'm getting onto a flight tomorrow morning that saturday morning i'll see you guys as soon as i'm back until then look after yourselves trade well my friends and have some fun